You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty, MLS. We are your hosts. I am from Mornings on 107.7 The End. I'm Gregor. He's been in the locker room on the pitch and transcribing things, if I understand correctly, at CenturyLink Field. He's Brandon from the internet. Sitting and listening to uh, Matt Johnson and Casey Keller talk a lot about soccer this week, actually. And then did you literally transcribe it? No, no, no. The during the match this week, I I sat next to them and and kind of like marked stats and um, y- you know, you feed that you kind of feed Matt Johnson stats during the match so that way he can yeah. you know say this is the fourth corner kick or this is the blah blah blah. It's the first um, time this season the Seattle Sounders FC have started Jordan Morris at forward. Yeah, and and then and then after the match, you you well it's this this match, I went down and and sat in the uh, post match press conference with Schmetzer, and then uh, recorded all that or transcribed all of that, and then received the audio for the players. And trans- tra- anyway, boring stuff. Uh, I mean, it's pretty dope do though, dude. It's like pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing to get to do. It was funny, like um, back when I used to do the the stats, I would do stats for radio uh, back during the Ross Fletcher days. And, um, he, you know, he'd thank you on the radio for giving him the stat. He'd be like, our stats guy, Brandon, blah, blah, blah. This time, um, I hear Matt Johnson and, and Casey Keller talking about the sporting Kansas city player who kicked the ball into the stands and like broke a, or no, the Red Bull player that kicked the ball into the stands and like broke a fan's nose and got suspended two matches. They were like, who was that anyway? And I wrote it down on a piece of paper and fed it to him and it was Kaku. And he's like, oh yeah, Kaku. And he looks at me on the radio and goes, you're an MLS guy, huh? <laughs> As if like, oh, you, you're one of those guys that pays attention to this you're league like, out of all I of am, the leagues. I'm the co-host of the Full 90 Extra Time podcast, jerk. <laughs> that you've been on and probably don't remember. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, there, there, there you go. Uh, does Casey Keller criticize how well you do it? Like, well, I mean, it was fine that he got us a stat, but I'm just saying that if he's going to be a top stats man, he's going to have to... <laughs> Well, anybody could have given us that stat. That was the that was the low hanging stat fruit. It's the fact that we didn't have it before we thought about it. That's the problem that we're facing today, there, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got into some interesting conversations with those guys uh, at halftime. I, I lo- oh really? Did they give you a hard time? Uh, no, no, no. It, talking about um, the Premier League kind of run in right now and and how the matches are going, and then uh, Casey Keller 
going into great detail his illustrious and short Leicester City career. <laughs> oh, because you're talking, yeah, you have some connections to Leicester, so th- that's cool. Yeah. All yeah, right. Well, right. Um, do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts, and you can give us a rating. But primarily, we want you to leave a comment. We want to know who your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player is. Like when we talked to uh, James Woolard in the last episode here, the extra stoppage time pod extra there, and I forget what he said. <laughs> he he said his favorite all-time player, his favorite all-time Sounders player was uh, Obafemi Martins, but his favorite person to say on air was not Obafemi Martins. Or Raul over the, over the Diaz. Diaz. <laughs> That's not how he Mar- says it. I can't roll my oh, was it Mar- was it Mar-o- it, it was Rosales. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, from Ozzy Alonso to Tyrone Mears, I detect a theme here. <laughs> that's like, that was your line uh, you were supposed to say. I'm sorry, Brandon. This week, it's okay. the our favorite movie is The Replacement. <laughs> Sounders FC take on Wildings from the North of the Wall, Minnesota United, in a battle for the who gets to call him Honey Badger Cup. We do, <laughs> damn it. I, uh, I they there was like a big debate on Twitter when Ozzy first left for Minnesota about who got to um, like whether or not Minnesota could call him El Corazon or if they could call him Honey Badger or whatever and like they were like from the official Minnesota account they tweeted hey Sounders is it cool if we call him this uh. and Sounders just responded no but it's a thing I don't know it's just it's stupid um, that is we didn't dumb. get any reviews I want to I want to give a quick shout out we didn't give it get any new reviews on um, <laughs> Apple podcasts how dare all of you f- who are listening um, but I want to give a shout out to my my little brother Steven uh, who <laughs> is uh, absolutely wild and went and bought a custom uh, pitch black or not pitch black but nightfall what they call again nightfall uh black nightfall jersey with brad smith on the back custom <laughs> jersey saying brad smith on the back uh and then also shout outs to steven because when i told him this weekend while we were playing soccer together that brad smith might not be um on the team all season because he might get his loan recalled by bournemouth uh he was like wait what <laughs> <laughs> by like june <laughs> yeah how much did i just spend on this custom st- jersey for a podcast that nobody listens to i mean to be fair i also was like yo i bought a joke i bought a joke jersey that uh, for robinson cano i used to call him canoe and so i bought one that said canoe and it gets real old every time someone's like you know that's spelled wrong and i'm like you know mind your own business dick face you can know what you need to mind your own business <laughs> but that's what we would do every time cano would come up we'd be like canoe and so I bought that, and it was like I immediately regretted my decision. So, well, shout outs to Steven for having the one and only piece of full ninety extra time merchandise out on the market right now. <laughs> yeah, I had the opportunity, and oh, that's what I should have done, Brandon. The I got a I got a kit, the Seattle Sounders FC. I don't know why they left you out, but they sent me a kit the other day, uh, Kim Kihi, which I was really proud of, and I'm really grateful. And thank you so much to the crew over there. Uh, but I should have done full as the last name and 90 as the number. But people would have just thought I was being like a, you know, 12th man type kind of whatever that is. So, yeah, uh, kind of stalling here. Just not talk about the match that happened over the weekend. It was something. A 1-1 draw versus LAFC at CenturyLink Field on a Sunday. Whoever scheduled a baby shower during that time. Thanks a lot, Laura. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, I gotta give major props to my buddy Sean Gervin, who it's his it's his baby <laughs> that's coming out here in a few months. But I like first of all, I was like, yo, dude, I hate baby showers, so I'm coming just because you're the coolest. And he was like, Well, thank you. And I was like, 
chances that you're going to put the Sounders match on TV while we're there. And he was like, yeah, man, I got you covered. So I oh, thought nice. he would just kind of stuff us into like a side room where we would just kind of like be jerks and, you know, not pay attention. But Sean's the coolest. He put it on their main TV and then just like, I don't know, like flies to light, like a bright light. We all just kind of buzzed around the TV and didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> like nine of us. Your got- your very nice wife is like, oh, Gregory, look at what she opened. You're like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, cool. <laughs> Except for Lori straight ditched. <laughs> she didn't show up, so. <laughs> she wanted to watch the match. Yeah, she was at home with the sound on. <laughs> yeah, it was... um. <laughs> It was a whole thing, and that, that that's how that goes. Great. But uh, it's so nice of him to put that on. The problem was that we just timed it really poorly. So I listened to the match that you were giving stats to on the radio, talking to my buddy Cool Keith on our way down there. And uh, we were both flying solo. The Our better halves were uh, were not in tandem with us. And so we were listening to it, and like I turned on, I'm like, oh, I think the match is about to start. And it's like, Jordan Morris, 46 <laughs> seconds in. And I was like, all right, Matt Johnson, settle down. What happened? Yeah, this- they scored? Oh, my God. This match was uh, like a roller coaster of emotion, but if that roller coaster started with an immediate 150 foot drop and ended with two people getting flung off at some point, <laughs> I can only imagine the like the the intensity that comes off of Matt Johnson when I hear that call and you're sitting like within proximity of him and it's like, it, it, like it's probably in the form of sweat or something like that, but like that <laughs> intensity is like splashing onto you. I don't know. It was it's buck wild because like where the radio uh, broadcast booth is for the Sounders, you would think that they would get a more prime location, but you're you're sitting in there and um, it's it's this tiny little booth, and so it's me, Matt, and Casey sitting in uh, like shoulder to shoulder in this tiny little booth, and uh, I think you've been in there before too because of of the ends broadcast a couple of years ago, and so you're sitting sitting in there shoulder to shoulder, and in order to see the left side of the field where. Um, the north side, the north end of the field, where where Jordan Morris scored the goal, you have to like basically lean halfway out the window to look over because there's a massive uh, divider between you and then the suite next to you, um, keeping you from having like a direct line of sight. So you've got Matt Johnson standing up, and the dude's like six five, uh, leaning halfway out this window, screaming about Jordan Morris scoring a goal. <laughs> and now all I can think about is like the the crowd of people in the club seats below us just getting spittle landing yeah. on that. Uh, is it raining? I thought we were undercover. This is weird. <laughs> it's a beautiful day out. Uh, the other weird part about that radio booth is that it happens to be directly next to the team management booth. Yeah, the, the Sounders technical staff. Well, I mean, no, like I see Garth Loggerway in there and stuff usually. Like, it's like, I think he'd be considered, yeah. Oh, is he technical? When you yeah, say technical, tech, I, mean, I think the of general people. Manager. Yeah. I, I think of when you say technical, I think of like uh, people who make the replays happen on the screens oh, and stuff gotcha, like that. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The front office booth is right next to the radio booth, which is just nuts. So, um, yeah, you talk about doing your doing your job under pressure. There it is. Huh. Uh, well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was a crazy match because here's a team that, like, we always joke about the Sounders injury generator, but the thing, like, needs a vacation. It's been on full time. The squad couldn't even, couldn't even, uh, couldn't even, what do you call it, like, start the match with a full roster. There wasn't even 18 people submitted for the match. Like, I've seen this happen before for other MLS squads, like, that travel to Seattle, and I'm like, wow, how sad for you. And then, like, suddenly we're that sad thing. 
Well, it's we went into the season. We talk about this all the time. We went into the season thinking like, wow, finally the Sounders have depth. We won't be fielding these janky lineups uh, that are just like hodgepodge. No, we didn't. Together. No, no, no. We went into it being like, do we have depth? I hope so. Does I don't know. <laughs> we went into it being like, damn, the starting eleven is so strong. And then like, I think we said we can mark. have like one or two injuries and and be okay we weren't accounting for six freaking injuries where like you you usually get 18 people right 11 starters and seven subs and uh the sounders started with 16 meaning that they couldn't field two substitutes that they had the potential to and ended with only nine people on the field due to red cards (laughs) and one of them thank god like if you think about it so what you get seven subs uh one of those is a goalkeeper so you're very unlikely to use them so instead you have 16 uh 16 total players right and if you sub if you use all three of your substitutes um that means that out of those 16 uh the the five people on the bench um two of them didn't get to play and only one of those wasn't a goalkeeper (laughs) Well, it was- so sorry, Danny Leva, who did not get substituted into this match. You're the only field player that did not play for the Sounders this weekend. Oh my god, dude! Like that's so crazy that a 16 year old is the only thing we held back. <laughs> I think he's 16 now, right? I I I don't know. It was a wild first four minutes to the match. With I like what you say here. Jordan Morris did his best Roger Levesque impression. <laughs> Forty five seconds in, just a bad bad pass, just a mistake. It was just a mistake. Jordan Morris capitalized on it. Great. The other way, going the opposite direction, was a punishment. Rossi to Vela. Vela just right in the back of the net. Fourth minute. Sounders uh, failed to get back to cover. It was just. I mean, that was probably also an error, but that was just a good squad beating up or taking an opportunity. So. It was, um, I thought for sure it was going to be like 1-1, and the next thing you know, it'd be like 6-1. How right. Seattle held on a man down after that awful call for uh, hot, hot rubbish for, uh, for rolled on is beyond beyond belief. Yeah, Sounders score first minute, LAFC scores back in the, in the fourth minute, and then Sounders go down with the red card of Christian in the 18th minute. And that's uh, 70 plus so the Sounders played a, a majority of the match a man down. Yeah, man, that's so crazy. Now, uh, we could dedicate a whole segment to uh, the the terrible uh, the terrible officiating that went on in this thing. The, I I don't understand how he, like this guy was. I don't know what's his name. Ted Uncle. Ted Uncle. <laughs> Strong name, first of all. Actually, I want to give him props on that to his parents. <laughs> it is a good name. It's a well good, done, good Theodore. Name. <laughs> but uh, the idea that this guy, um, you know, I know that the so the the situation is that there's some pushing and shoving. Christian Roldan um, is you know pushing back or whatever. Another guy comes and gets in the way, and as he's pushing, his hand hits the guy in the face. Technically, red card, right? It's not even as he's pushing. It's as he's getting pushed, and he tries to regain his balance, and his yeah. arm goes up, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's like it's even less his fault. So then the guy gives the red card to Kelvin Leardon because he's so certain that it was a red card, right? And then like it takes like another two to three minutes on the field before he realizes that it was actually Christian Roldan that was being flagged for the red card. Then in the post, like after match, I like that Ari Lillianwell posted this. Uh, it was actually from Jeremiah Oshan from uh, Sounder at Heart. He was the representative from the media that goes and talks to the referee uh, to pro afterwards and he asked what were the factors considered when the decision was made to issue a red card to Christian Roldan and the ref says the deliberate strike of his opponent to the face with a force that was more than negligible he did not see that strike if he gave the card to a person who was not even there 
which is cr- blows yeah. my mind that that that, that is going Atuesta, to be Atuesta is the guy who got who got the hands to the face and he uh, was the third I mean I, this is I talked to Matt and Casey about this at halftime and they were talking to uh, the technical staff from both LA and Seattle um, and those guys were kind of like the the LA uh, general manager was like what happened you know I didn't quite see it did we did did did, was that deserved and garth was irate he was like no way like you like atuesta came in he was the third person if this was nhl or nba atuesta just by being the third person to go into that fight and instigate would be uh ejected just because of these like mass confrontation uh laws in those other sports mls has that but only against referees not in their own little brawls so Atuesta comes in, pushes Roldan from the side, inadvertently gets hit in the face, flops wildly, uh, and and you know Leardom's halfway to the locker room by the time they realize the red card's actually on Christian Roldan. What is going on? Like the to follow up on the what was going on there the, in the in the pool with the reporter or the reporter versus the ref. Uh, the question was: Was the potential incidental nature of the contact considered? It was considered, and it was deemed deliberate. By the just such crap by the sideline. So it has to be by the assistant referee on the sideline who was watching from off the off the pitch because the primary referee doesn't see it. Tell me, do you know the reason why this didn't go to VAR? Well, and that's what's confusing is is um, after the match, Christian Roldan is you know trying to be political, trying to be polite, and trying most of all not to get fined by calling out the refereeing. And somebody asked him, "Did you did the referee tell you whether or not VAR was used? Did he communicate anything with you about the red card?" And Christian asked. Christian Roldan said he asked if VAR was used, and Uncle was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, we use VAR. Um, go ahead." Like you, you have to go now. Uh, but at no point did it really. I think that I mean, Uncle had his hand to his ear, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's listening to the booth. He could be listening to his fourth official or the sideline. They all have these microphones and they're all talking to each other throughout the match. So I have a I I don't know, man. It's it's hard because like the way that the rule is written. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that Christian Roldan has to be ejected there just for the inadvertent contact. However, the way the MLS has applied that rule, it's a FIFA rule, but the way the MLS has applied it has been often very, very strict, and they often don't overturn them. So I, I have a hard time knowing whether or not Sounders are going to appeal this and try to get that red card rescinded. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's just kind of it. It threw the entire match into well, you, uh, ru- you ruined the match. Chaos after the, that. the match is yeah, over. Absolutely at that point. Like it's it's. Uh, I feel like Seattle actually had to play a different match, which actually might have helped them to draw because they had to play so much more conservatively and so much be so much more worried about the counterattack because of that. Um, I, I can't, I can't get over how ineffective the refereeing was throughout the entire match. A couple opportunities where Kim Kihi could have been sent off with a second yellow card. Uh, the full ninety extra time on Twitter made a great point uh you you did some good talk there about how to ref is human and you make these errors and then people are kind of chirping back at us to be to like i don't know throw that in your face a little bit and listen each action should be deemed or should be judged individually you can't say this ref is uh because he let these other things happen this next one has to be let happen also each one has to that was not a good english sentence but each (laughs) Each act out there, every time there's a foul or a call, like 
in order for the referee not to get thrown into like a position where he's lost control of a match, he has to be able to take each call individually. So even if you called it one way before, call it what is to the rules next is what you're hoping for. Now, some refs let things play a little more physical. Some refs are, you know, the, the outre- outreached arm that someone pushes off with, that's going to be okay or whatever. But when Kim Ki-hee twice twice collects a guy without getting any ball and does not get that second yellow, Seattle is the luckiest team on the planet because that is clearly an easy opportunity to go down to nine men like 70 minutes sooner than you needed to. <laughs> well, and that's that's like all you hope for is consistency with the refereeing, right? If the, if the ref is going to let a physical game play, you just hope that the entire match, you know, is is called the same way and you know that if this foul like this isn't going to be a foul this is going to be a foul regardless of whatever that threshold of what a foul is. I disagree though I disagree because I don't want a match where things are starting to get out of control to then be let to get out of control it benefited Seattle on this for sure but like the guys gotta rein it back in and be like "All right, stop it that was a foul you're out of here anyone else gonna do that like I think we I think we agree what I what, what I'm trying to say is like some referees are going to let games play more physical. However, there's there's an element of of controlling the match and keeping things from descending into chaos, right? Like they'll let things be physical, but they'll still call yellow cards and and red cards on obvious uh plays and they're going to make sure it doesn't get too physical just some referees have a higher threshold for what is and what isn't a foul other referees are going to call like minor things but after the match one of the things that Christian Roldan says is that when you have two of the top teams in the entire league right now going at it with some of the best players you have to treat it as a big game and call it as such so in the 18th minute when there's a mass confrontation which by the way was over I, I have no idea what LAFC was mad about during that confrontation. You know, Mark Anthony Kay comes over and pushes uh, Christian Roldan to kind of set the whole thing off. The play before that, Christian Roldan made a very clean tackle on Carlos Vela, who didn't seem to take any exception to it. So that's all besides the point. But he he said, you have to treat this as a big game. Uh, and and when the when the game goes into chaos that early, the, the referee in the 18th minute, obviously had already lost uh, lost control of the match. And then that's where you get Kim Ki-hee, you know, fouling Carlos Vela without getting any of the ball. And uh, and the referee doesn't even call a foul, let alone give him the yellow card. Because if he calls the foul, you know, he has to give him the yellow card. And I think that there's a lot of, like, makeup call to or- in order to try to, like, you know, not have the Sounders hate him. But at the end of the day, letting those, those calls go and, like, a potential penalty... Uh, he he loses control of the match even further. The whole thing was such hot garbage. I would give hot garbage to the entirety of the Sunday match. Hot, hot rubbish. <laughs> it is uh, everything about it seemed to be very remarkable. I guess you'd say. All right, that brings us to the most important player for Seattle. It's the new eyeballs man of the match. <laughs> uh, I think your new eyeballs man of the match is Brad Bradsmith. I, I like the sound of that. New eyeballs. Do you have a job where literally the only thing you have to do is watch something and make some make sure rules are followed, but you suck at it? Try new eyeballs. 
<laughs> that one's for you, Ted Uncle. Brad Brad Smith played out of his damn mind. That guy was up and down the whole time, and it was sort of on him to pick up some slack in the defense. Uh, also, when it at the same time you have Chad Marshall who's not playing. Strange choice to have him play midweek and then not at the weekend. I know that Torres and everyone just saw them, you know, just seven days before. So like you get a, you already have a feel for him. But I would much rather have the comfort of Chad Marshall playing instead of Roman Torres. I don't know if the coach maybe thought that Marshall would be good to go for both or something. Not sure. But it was a strange call. Torres looked a lot better than he did a week before, but Brad Bradsmith, man, he had a match to keep Seattle in it. And almost had a chance to uh, to to actually give Sounders the lead. Um, opportunity to find the winner, but the ball kind of... He tried to try to chop it back uh, past Tyler Miller, but the ball popped up on him, uh, which gave you know LA enough time to to stop the chance but the way that he played I mean that was in the like 85th or something minute so from from beginning to end the the dude had a motor on him and and almost almost won it for the Sounders so you really uh, see the great defensive and almost a great offensive uh 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 showing for him all right it's time for who is hot who is garbage and who is hot garbage let's start with hot hot Hot. Speaking of Brad Bradsmith, he made the MLS team of the week this week for and considering it's a team that went down to nine men and <laughs> ended one one. Uh, that's some high praise. Hot. Also, and, uh, I like honorary hot here. Handwala Buana and Danny Leva. Hot. Yeah. Shout out to Handwala Buana makes two starts in a row. And for a guy that doesn't see a lot of time on the on the on the pitch, he he looked like he was a just your regular MLS starter. So shout outs to him. And then especially shout outs to Danny Leva, whether or not he's 15 or 16 year old, I don't know if we'll ever know. Um, but his first appearance uh, on the Sounders 18, you know, being the only field player not to see the pitch, uh, but shout outs to him for, for making that step up in his career. Other than that, the opportunistic Jordan Morris getting that fourth goal of the season by sniffing one out when someone makes a mistake. That was also hot. Hot. Okay, so garbage. In that case, Brandon, we got, uh, <laughs> I think there's a pretty easy target for garbage. Yeah, Sounders can't even field a full 18, and that is garbage. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, there was a lot of garbage out there. Uh, I'd like to give an honorary, no, an official garbage. Garbage. To Mr. Ramirez of LAFC, you missed the world's <laughs> easiest shot. That is a shot that even slow karate Greg would have made. And uh, that, me. <laughs> and shout outs to Tropic Sound for making fun of me doing karate on the pitch as well. That's very funny. But on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, that Ramirez uh, replay, follow the full 90 extra time Twitter to see it over and over and over as an animated GIF. It is unbelievably garbage garbage it looked like the way he slid after missing it like absolutely wandoing it um <laughs> it, he looked like he was trying to recreate that shooting stars meme irl <laughs> i feel like he was just getting excited for the warm weather to show up so he could do some slip and slide hot <laughs> hot garbage hot garbage uh hot garbage we've already talked about the red card but not only it doesn't stop there not only did christian get the red card but afterwards the mls disciplinary committee added a additional fine for him not leaving the field in a timely <laughs> the, manner. The f- ref couldn't even find the right guy and they blame Christian Roldan for that. Get out of here. He just it didn't want to he just didn't want to go into your dumb dance party MLS disco. Get the f- 
out of here. God, I'm so mad. <laughs> Welcome to MLS Disco, where you get fined and you get fined and everyone gets fined. When we come back, we call it the cover charge to the MLS Disco. All right, let's throw this stupid match in the garbage. Garbage. When we come back, we'll take a look at the uh, uh, the Minnesota United match that's happening this weekend. Sounders on the road to somewhere that could be freezing cold. I haven't checked the weather. Next on the Full 90 Extra Time podcast, unless an ad doesn't get inserted, in which case now on the Full 90 Extra Time podcast. <laughs> It's the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast. Hey, hi there. Hey, on the road this week, Minnesota United hosts Seattle Sounders FC. Minnesota United 4-3-2, 14 points, 6th place. Are they in the West? They are in the West. Versus Seattle Sounders FC 5-1-3, and three, 18 points in 3rd place in the, uh, in the MLS Western Conference. Both teams currently, if we had to call it right now, would make the playoffs. Congratulations, nerds. All right, so... The, it's Allianz Field, the brand new stadium from Minnesota. That looks really cool. I'd actually like to check out a match there someday. It's Saturday at 5 p.m. right when the Taco Truck Challenge ends, Brandon. I'm going to get a chance to pop over to the bar and watch this one. Never mind. I'm going to be in Oregon. You Dang s- it. <sighs> Why are you going to tease me like that? Are you going to watch a Timbers game I'll with a Timbers jersey? I'll be listening to Matt Johnson on the radio. All right. Anyway, so uh, give us a little history. So history. So Minnesota's only been in the league for a few years. They entered in 2015, and in the three completed seasons since then, they've never beaten the Sounders. <laughs> Sounders are four wins, zero losses, and one draw all time against the Loons, beating them twice last year, including a 2-1 win in August when both Sounders goals came in extra time. <laughs> Did we watch that one together? So, well, I you know don't know. Okay. I have a, terrible memory good good talk (laughs) the sounders um this will be their first ever match in uh not in minnesota but their first ever at alliance field or allianz field uh which is the new home of minnesota united they just played their second home game ever there uh, over the weekend beating uh dc united one to nothing so they are one oh and two at home this season having only played three games at their at their new stadium let's make it in that one one nil win Sorry, go ahead. Let's make it 1-1-2, one, one huh? Yeah. And uh, hand them their first ever home loss would be nice. Yeah. Um, that 1-0 win over the weekend against DC United was their first ever at home, like I said. And um, in that match, a familiar face was pretty instrumental. This, this one's going to gonna hurt. Game. This one's going to hurt, Brandon. It's going to be weird is what it's going to be. Ozzy Alonso, instrumental in their win, showing he hasn't lost a step, which Sounders know all too well is something to be nervous about, or about, as you wrote here. <laughs> uh, Ozzy Alonso playing in the wrong colors with a big target on his chest. My God, it's going to be so weird to watch. Well, not Christian Wildon because he's going to be suspended, but uh, to watch Ozzy Alonso go up against almost nobody from a team he played on since everyone's hurt. Never mind. It's not going to be that weird at all for them. It's going to be weird for us, I guess. But, you know, I think Ozzy Alonso, I, I think when he left the Sounders, I think he wanted to stay. And the Sounders didn't want to pay his contract or pay him the money that he thought he deserved. And so I don't think that he left under the best of terms. So he's going to not only be coming out to uh, play well for his team, but he's going to have a point to prove to say, I'm not old. I am not. I haven't lost a step. Uh, and you should have paid me the money because I'm going to make you hurt this entire match. 
Uh oh, Brandon. Uh -oh. Where, where did that come from? Oh, it's been here all along. It's the full 90 injury scouting report sponsored by Stretching. Have you nerds even tried it? Apparently not. Look, Will Bruin, hamstring strain. This is just one of like a hundred injuries on the on this team where we need somebody who's gonna put goals in. We need it's like at every position. Chad Marshall, right knee, questionable. New who, left ankle. Maybe okay. Victor Rodriguez, concussion. Hopefully that means he's coming back. Raul Ruidiez, a right heel contusion. <laughs> Sumo Svensson, left hamstring strain. Uh, you're kidding me? Christian rolled on left talon tear. He's not a bird. He doesn't have talon. <laughs> Kim Kihi, kimchi poisoning. Get it? Come on, Ted Uncle. He's not on. He's not even on our squad. <laughs> he's got obliviitis <laughs> resulting from a double eyeball transplant. Well, I guess good for him. Speedy recovery. Roman Torres. I'm glad he took advantage of our sponsor. <laughs> Man of the match. <laughs> Next time around, Ted Uncle. Roman Torres, uh, excuse me, Roman Torres isn't quite ripe. And uh, Harry Ship out with barnacles. Well, this is. <laughs> oh, no, not the injury generator. Oh, a low battery for the injury generator will not be in the neck. No, wait. Should be match fit after a recharge. Damn it. Not not the result we wanted to see. Now, there is some actual positive news. Jokes aside about all the dumb things that are happening. Somebody tweeted one of the trainers is like pretty positive that it's going to go well. Yeah, it's all fun and games uh, right now with the full 90 injury scouting report. Um, but thankfully, and uh, to ruin our bit, Damian Roden, uh, who is the head Sounders trainer, went to Twitter, which I'm not sure how keen the, the team is to let him do that. But he goes to Twitter and says that most, if not all of those players, I think there's one player he said will, will still be out. But most of those players are going to be ready to go this weekend against Minnesota. Uh, he said sometimes you have to <laughs> sacrifice the, the short term for the long term, which um, I get, but also... How, how much of a sacrifice is it to, to only have five people on your bench? Minnesota, as you said. Like you like, slipped right into like you're going ice fishing. Oh, Minnesota. I haven't even watched Fargo recently. We're headed to the to the Great White North. <laughs> We're going to go on the other side of the wall and fight the wildlings. How far is it in American, though? Oh, it's 420, bro. That's how far. Great. 69 miles at 420 miles per hour. We'll be there in no time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, looking ahead at the match, to be serious, what's the motivation for Seattle Sounders FC? I think uh, to stop getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everyone, no getting hurt. <laughs> uh, I think no, but seriously, I think it's just to get back to winning ways. Two straight draws and a loss against LAFC three weeks ago, or actually one week ago. It's a busy week. Um Two straight draws at home. The Sounders need to get back to winning ways. They're uh, third in the West. They've played the same amount of matches as LA Galaxy, who are in second, and one match less than LAFC, who are in first. But they're four points behind LA Galaxy. So um, now is not the time in the season where you want to start dropping points. you got to keep the momentum going, get back to winning ways, and and fight for that top spot and hopefully the supporter shield because that's not by any means out of, out of reach at this point. Hey, legit question. Um, no jokes right now, but do you think that there's any chance still Seattle Sounders could walk away with the supporters' shield at the end of the year for the best record is what that means? I think so. I think that the weakest that they've looked so far is against San Jose and LAFC, which has been in the last week where tons of people have been injured or out um, for whatever reason. Okay, so look. So, so look, I, I would have loved to see a full-strength Sounders versus a full-strength 
LAFC, which would give us a better uh, indication. But I think the Sounders are still a great team when they have Raul Ruiz Diaz and everybody who's healthy playing. Yeah, I think right now is a fine time to let them still recharge the batteries, get everyone back to full fitness as we start to head into the warmer months where we'll start getting a little more grueling. But I'm looking at the standings right now. The Seattle Sounders FC would still, if they were in the Eastern Conference, be in first after nine matches. So they have a game in hand, and they'd be in first place by a point right now. So that says a lot about the competitiveness of the Western Conference, where our team is at, because while they're five points off of LAFC, they have a game in hand there. So really, the gap to the top of the West is pretty close, and the East is lagging behind. So really, my question of can the Sounders still win the Supporter Shield is like, probably. It isn't out of the, it isn't off the table just yet. But now I'm starting to think the main competition is going to be uh, LAFC, who we've just seen twice, right? So, um, there's not not there, the Sounders won't see LAFC again until later in this. Uh, if if both teams make the playoffs, which is very likely and and looking like it's going to happen, um, so it's 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 you know it's the I have a, a strong feeling that the Supporter Shield winner will be in the West and it will be um, between LAFC Sounders and whoever maybe a third team that's in in the running at that point. I don't think LAFC is necessarily going to be able to run away with it if the Sounders are able to get back to fitness and start playing the way that they were in the first few weeks of the season. Dude, MLS is actually pretty dope. Like, I make fun of it a lot. Um, I've been trying to follow it a lot more this year after talking to the MLS UK show. (laughs) Like, I just, just like after talking to those guys and they knew more about it than I did and I'm like, well, I really really like the Sounders. I've been trying to follow. I've been taking it a little bit more seriously. And if you look at the standings, the teams for the last like four seasons, maybe five even, that went to the MLS Cup start the season as hot garbage. Hot garbage. Then you like you like look at Portland and both Atlanta. Now we're starting to get things figured out a little bit. But before that, Seattle had awful runs to start the season for the last few seasons, which is crazy. That make like deep in the playoffs, um, you know, or they make it to MLS Cup and then they're awful the next year. And then here we are now. Looking at like it happened with uh when it was Portland Columbus, same thing happened there. Sounders Toronto a couple times. Now Portland and um, Atlanta doing that same thing. But then you look at it and like for the last you know for the several years this supporter shield kind of bounces back between the two different conferences. It's really exciting to see that when you just said that you think the Western Conference is going to be the one to really benefit from this, where it was dominant in the East last year. The system that they have could be frustrating, especially if you're trying to get paid as a player, but it's pretty neat that all the time teams are kind of shuffling up a little bit. There are teams like Colorado that tend to be bad every year with a 12-point goal differential right now, but uh, but, <laughs> but you watch it's like it's not always the same squad that's dominating year in and year out, but you have familiar names that are making the playoffs pretty often. It's a neat way that you're building squads with not a giant budget to be good for a long time. Yeah, on top of that, I think the the parity that exists in MLS and that MLS kind of hangs their hat on. Imagine if you had like what you have in the Premier League right now, this insane title race with both teams going on freaking almost a hundred points. Um, imagine if if that was every season. That's that's what it's like in MLS when you you don't have a team that runs away with it. You've got two teams duking it out um, for the supporter shield up until usually one of the last two weeks of the season. You've got a, a playoff run and an, and an MLS Cup that you know is a just absolute crapshoot every season. So I think that um, 
obviously taking nothing away from the Premier League because it, this season especially is insane. Um, but I, I, I also love that, that the parody in MLS gives everybody an opportunity to to get up there. Where were we again? What were we talking about anyway with <laughs> Minnesota just, United? I was just saying that it's neat. The MLS is like, not you know, as for as much as we bag on it, it's actually pretty fun to watch this happen with a team that stays pretty consistently decent. So Sure. All right. Uh, so the... As far as the motivation for our opponents, Minnesota United FCSC, uh, I like that you have build momentum here. I hope the momentum is negative and they continue to lose to Seattle Sounders FC like they always do. And to create a fortress, uh, I'll bring the pillows and blankets and we'll build one big-ass fort. Okay? There we go. Minnesota. I, I would be. I would watch out. I think that the critical villain in this whole thing is Ozzy Alonzo, the hero for Minnesota. And a villain against Seattle is going to have a lot to prove. I kind of would, uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him go out with a red card, though. Just like taking it a little too aggressively. So, all right. It Who's can- that? Coming in from the ropes, Ted Uncle. <laughs> Wait, is he getting subbed in? How's, how's this possible? That all guy right. doesn't even have eyeballs. <laughs> it's time for TLDL. In case you're just joining us from some sort of comatose state that you were in, it's too long. Didn't listen. Starting with um, MLS Disco, worst party in town. <laughs> Uh, too long, didn't listen. Alexa, please remind me to turn off the injury generator. I like how polite you are with your smart devices. I usually just yell swears at them when they don't understand me. When the robots come to take us over, they need to remember that I was nice to them. Yeah, they will not remember that from me. We, I am seriously screwed. I've sworn a lot on this episode as well. <laughs> TLDL, eyeball transplants are so hot. Hot. All right, take a look into your crystal Pepsi ball. It's time to make a prediction about this match on the road. Seattle Sounders FC headed to Minnesota United FCSC to watch a soccer match between two teams that are currently in playoff condition, condition <laughs> contention for six months from now. So I'll stop saying that immediately. <laughs> uh, looks like Allianz Field Saturday at 5 p.m. just after the Taco Truck Challenge. See you there where we hang out and drink beers and watch bands play. And Cody's band is going to be playing and he works at the end and that's really cool okay anyway uh brandon what do you predict for the big match this weekend uh i predict a 2-1 win by the sounders last season uh bruin scored twice against minnesota uh and scored in both matches so i'm gonna say he continues that trend goals from bruin and morris and a goal from minnesota darwin quintero okay wow that's very specific I haven't considered this at all and the thing that you just told me where bruin scored twice makes me happy but i'm gonna say one nothing sounders Will Bruin is going to throw Jordan Morris into the ball, into the goal. <laughs> I don't. It, that's his dad's strength. <laughs>